Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. The important part that a manager needs to play is in listening, understanding each one of their individual employees' concerns, and then honestly, just being the first person to say, how can I help you accomplish your goals today? Too often I've seen in my career, managers that don't have the fortitude or the openness to be able to go ask their employees, how can I help you? And I think we've built a culture, certainly within my team, that is really big on trying to overcome adversity, trying to be solutions oriented. And with a management team that is as focused on how can we better empower our team as how do we achieve our goals. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, after like 80 episodes, I should know the answer to this question. But what can't you live without? We're not talking about like people, right? We're just talking about like physical product, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're very shallow people. So we're talking about things. All good. I just want to make sure I don't offend my family on this one. Sorry, Adam. Uh, yeah. Or my kids. <laughs> this is like embarrassing. There is a, a product I have to use for my very curly hair, and it's a very inexpensive product, but it got discontinued last year. It's called Not Your Mother's Smooth Move. Mm. It's really, it's embarrassing because Once I heard it was going out of stock, I bought it up on every possible retailer. I have a closet full of this hair gel, and I don't know what I'm going to do because I've been sampling other things in the meantime, and it's just not working. So if any of you work in hair care and want to give me a replacement to replace my Not Your Mother's Smooth Moves, I will pay top dollar. What about you, Rach? First of all, you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? Yeah. So this season with Albert Brooks and his closet... Mm. That's what I was just picturing. Oh, that's like uh, that episode of Seinfeld where uh, Elaine uh, kept her whole, her whole closet of today's sponge yep. to decide whether or not a suitor was sponge worthy. But anyway, <laughs> what, what could you not live without? I mean, if you know me, you know this is true. And it is the Yasso frozen yogurt bars. In my house, I have a freezer just for Yasso's. Is it the mint chip? Like what was your favorite flavor? I got all the flavors, but my favorite flavor is peanut butter covered with the chocolate outside, the chocolate crunch. Ooh, ooh that's, that's a good call. And kosher. So mm-hmm. look at you being a good Jew. Very proud of you. Thank you. We'll soon be having Yasso onto the show. Finally, Andy, the CMO, took the bait. I can talk about frozen yogurt all day long. My family could attest to that. It's either, yeah, we're, we're pretty much hitting on all the passion points. But there, there are other things that are just the things that we take for granted. And I don't mean hair gel and frozen yogurt, but things that help us do our jobs wherever we are. And I had a moment the other day where I couldn't turn my laptop on and I started like freaking out. Cause like if your phone breaks, like it's not that hard to get a replacement phone. It might not be the phone you want, but you'll get a phone. Your laptop goes, you are so screwed. Or if it's time to upgrade your laptop, you are so screwed. And talking to 
Carlos Sabino at Lenovo, hearing a guy like that say that 80% of his day is supply chain issues, I have to say, it makes me worried for the world. I'm worried for the workforce. Well, for a whole host of reasons. Well, on that note, let's bring Carlos onto the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've got some good stuff to discuss, meaty topics. Well, Rachel and Sarah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited about participating. One of the things that I'm particularly excited, well, first of all, getting to meet you through Jasleen is already a massive endorsement in the right direction. She's such a fan of yours. And I was extra happy that she recommended you being on the podcast because we really have not spoken to enough leaders in consumer electronics. So what attracted you specifically to this industry and what drives you to your job every day? Great question. I initially wasn't attracted to this. When I was a kid going through high school, what I really wanted to do was work with animals. And so I always had this vision of being a veterinarian or working in a zoo. Unfortunately, as it always or as it sometimes happens, circumstances forced me to find a job that actually paid well. In this particular case, I took a job working at Dell at really taking inbound calls and and talking to customers every day and trying to go find solutions for their technology needs. And honestly, I found a niche that I I had no idea that uh, would be so interesting. Just the psychology of customer behavior and of purchasing was so interesting to me. And I quickly realized that I was doing this one person at a time, but there was this giant website that was powering everything I was doing where I could have millions of conversations a day across a wide variety of customers. And that was extraordinarily intriguing. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about how do I actually start to convince people that that I could be good for the role. And I worked my way through that organization, started as, as a merchandiser, just kind of putting things up on the website. And that was where I found really my love for data and the integrity of data and the decisions that can be generated out of data. It was like a world had been opened up to me. And the amount of information that we had from customers was overwhelming at at a lot of times, but just the depth of the kind of telemetry we could get from what our customers were doing, what they were trying to infer to us based on their behaviors on the site, what they were buying. It was so incredibly exciting to me to grow in that job and then take on some more responsibility, managing a larger team, and then getting into really complicated things like supply chain, pricing elasticity, marketing demand generation, online experience, customer satisfaction. It was an entire universe that was opened up to me. I found myself really enjoying it and frankly, flourishing with the opportunity to be able to go talk to all those customers. And I haven't looked back since. You know, you've had these 20 years in e-com and you've probably seen it all. (laughs) And maybe we're in this cycle that you've lived through before. We're experiencing insane supply chain issues that have tormented the industry, how are you navigating that? Rachel, if anybody tells you that they've lived through this before, even they haven't been in this game long enough, or they're not being completely honest with you, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And I can tell you that as it stands right now, probably 80% of my day is dealing with supply chain challenges. As both a consumer and as a person who sells consumer electronics, I know how incredibly frustrating it can be to not know exactly when you're going to get the technology that you need to power your life laptops and desktops included. In, in our business, we're really fortunate. As I said, we, we have an extraordinary amount of data streams at our fingertips. And we use a bunch of different tools like conjoint analyses to be able to understand what are customers buying? What are the configurations that they're, that they're purchasing and they're looking for? What are the price points that they're looking for? And then we can go work with our supply chain teams at Lenovo 
to determine whether we can meet those configuration needs with the available supply that we have on the horizon. In many cases, I'll be honest with you, we can't, or it's going to be you know six months out, nine months out until we actually feel like we can go deliver some of those parts. So what we do is we try to find close adjacencies where we're still providing the sort of technology and the power that a customer needs may not be exactly what they purchased before, but at least we give them an option. I think that's also important. One of the things that I think we do well and are continuing to go iterate on is it's also important given all the ambiguity around supply to make sure that you're setting the right expectations with your customer. Lead times are closely watched. We have a very rigorous mechanism in place to be able to understand if we sell something, when is it going to show up in our fulfillment center? When can we get it out? And we set the lead times uh, as best we can to make sure that we're, we're meeting customer expectations and not over-promising and under-delivering. And that is a very fine tightrope to walk. Uh, and we learn something new as a supply situation for us changes daily. But uh, you know, part of it is just, is just remaining agile, bringing data to make some of these decisions and thinking about uh, how do you better service your customers with what's available to you. That's really fascinating. One of the things that that we tend to pay attention to for people who work in the e-commerce space is we can all acknowledge the fact that supply chain issues are a big-ass problem. The question is, what's in our locus of control to actually change? And so the way that you were talking about layering different data inputs to help identify, well, what's the best potential substitute for our, you, you may want this, you can't get this, but you can get something pretty close to it. Like what's within your locus of control to actually change the customer experience for the better? What a wonderful question. And honestly, I've probably talked about this five different times this week alone. And I'll give you a specific example. So one of the key differentiators for Lenovo.com, that is you can come to Lenovo and for many of the products that we have, you can completely customize every part of the system to whatever you desire. Unfortunately, those people who choose customization are kind of hit with extended lead times, in some cases exceeding 100 days to be able to go get the computer. One of the things that that I'm very proud of my team for doing is maintaining constant contact with these customers, whether it's through um, digital channels such as email, whether it's in conversations that they have with our inside sales reps, where if they have something on order that's on extended lead time, we get a weekly report of stuff that we're getting in inventory. And we actually do, in many cases, reach out to those customers on extended lead time and provide them with an alternative of something that may not be an exact compare or exact match with what they got, but is close enough to perhaps meet their needs and that they can get quickly. So when we talk about what's in our control, I think it's just a matter of making sure that um, that we have good visibility into our supply, we understand what's coming and when it's coming, and then that we have a, a full sort of 360 feedback loop with our customers to tell them that there are options available if they don't want to wait for them. We talked about the supply chain. Every single time I talk to people who have your role, they're experiencing just a crazy talent crisis. How are you keeping morale up during this great resignation? I love talking about people. I keep a very close eye on what's happening in the industry. And some of the things that I see trouble me. And there are instances where you're starting to see people leaving either because they're unhappy with the workload that's being put on them, or they're unhappy with their bosses, or frankly, unhappy that everybody, including us, has probably gotten really used to working from home. 
productivity is up and people feel like they can actually get more done in their day when they don't have to commute. Each of these things I find very important as we think about not only the psychology of what's important to our employees, but also what makes them happy and what keeps them enrolled. I will tell you, it's no humble brag and I apologize if it comes across that way. In my organization, which is over 200 people at this point, our attrition, our voluntary attrition has been one of the lowest that we have in Lenovo and one of the lowest I've seen in the industry. And I can probably count on one hand the number of people that have left, including Jasleen, as much as I'd like to get her back. She went to a great opportunity. But I think we've been able to really build a culture that empowers people, where people feel like they can be heard, where even I, as a manager who 18 months ago, when I walked out of the building on March, was thinking, we'll be back in two weeks and I want everybody back in the office because that's where we collaborate and where we're more productive. Even I've evolved my thinking on that. And I realized that if people want to work from home, if people feel like that's the best way to balance work and life, I'm completely open to that. And quite honestly, I think it's part of it is just a recognition that there are some very low cost ways to keep people engaged in the company and honestly just listening to them and, and hearing what their or their concerns are, I think is a great start. I think promoting teamwork, having a shared goal that honestly for us is bigger than can we sell more stuff, I think is uh, is is really important. We celebrate wins as much as we can. We focus on, Sarah, to your point, what we can control and sort of not focus on or not spend a lot of time thinking about what's out of our control that we can get frustrated about. The important part that a manager needs to play is in listening, understanding each one of their individual employees' concerns, and then honestly, just being the first person to say, how can I help you accomplish your goals today? Too often I've seen in my career, managers that don't have the fortitude or the openness to be able to go ask their employees, how can I help you? And I think we've built a culture, certainly within my team, that is really big on trying to overcome adversity, trying to be solutions oriented. And with a management team that is as focused on how can we better empower our team as how do we achieve our goals? I think those things have been real success metrics for us here. And I think it shows up in the, in the low attrition we've seen, and hopefully we can continue to celebrate that going forward. Wow, it's enviable. Are you hiring? (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell our teams. I'm not sure I can afford you ladies, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have a question kind of going a little bit deeper into the data part of it. So obviously there's a ton of data that you can get out of your .com. How do you translate some of the stuff you get from your .com into some of the optimization you might be doing with your partners on other retail sites, whether it's, you know, it's Best Buy or any others. Interestingly enough, there's not a whole lot of lines of communication between our direct business and our retail partners. I mean, certainly we do have some foundational things that we syndicate over to our retailers. A big element of that, for example, is in ratings and reviews. So we we leverage a, um, a world-class user-generated content platform and syndicate reviews out to our retail partners. Each one of us kind of operates in our niche a little bit. And so where we see success in our business may not necessarily always translate into a business like a Best Buy or Walmart. The buying behaviors are different. The average order values are different. So I think in a lot of cases, the, the, the data that we use to enrich the online experience for our customers, it's kind of a bit of a closely guarded secret. And it's the secret sauce that allows us to be successful. And to some degree, we sort of keep that internal. <laughs> well, Sarah, I think we might be at our famous last question. 
I think so. Although I have to say, I am really uh, enjoying all this knowledge dropped. It's been a lot of fun, but I am curious to hear the answer to the question. So Rachel, take it away. Uh-oh. I agree. There's been a, a lot of knowledge bombs. Carlo, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Uh, wow. That is a tough question. You know, I think certainly it isn't marrying my wife. That was one of the easiest decisions I made or, or collecting animals, which is also what I love to go do. I, you know, when I think about maybe it's, I can give you a personal anecdote. I was at uh, my prior company for about 17 years. And in 17 years, you build a lot of relationships and you learn a lot about the business. And frankly, it becomes very comfortable to stay there. You know where all the skeletons are. You know exactly how things work. You know how to move the game ahead a couple of inches. So when the opportunity came for me to go really pick up roots and move my family across the country to work for a company like Lenovo, it was quite honestly, probably the scariest thing I've ever done. And I remember thinking about, am I making the right decision? Do I actually have what it takes to be able to go meet my bosses and this new organization's objectives? Have I learned enough? Can I actually take these learnings and apply them and help another business grow? And it was an absolutely terrifying two weeks in between those two roles. And I, there were a t- number of times where I said, I actually questioned, can I do this? Am I going to live up to the expectations? But I was really grateful to walk into an organization that was huge on vision setting and empowerment. And frankly, letting me try new things that hadn't been done before in a way that that allowed us to really evolve quickly and iterate uh, and improve upon things. So I really found a home where I am. And I feel like with this, I personally have been nurtured in a way that I hadn't necessarily had before. And I've certainly learned a whole lot. So I would say the answer to your question is leaving a company after about 20 years and going to a brand new company is probably the scariest, maybe bravest thing I've ever done, but certainly the scariest thing I've ever done. Well, it's clearly brave because it worked out real well. So scary, certainly at the moment, brave for sure. And clearly you're, you're kicking ass and taking names. So congratulations on all of your success, especially in the face of so many headwinds. And thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.